Well, hello, friends. Welcome back to Life on the Vine. I'm Hutch. And I'm Jackson. And we are joined in studio by the famous Mr. Baird. Eric, thanks for being with us. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah, Eric is, uh, you might not have heard Eric, but you've heard Eric. He plays the intro and the outro, outro, all the bumper music for Life on the Vine. So thanks, Eric. Thanks yeah. for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah. This would be great. So it's been a little while uh, since we've been with you, but we're looking forward to some time together over the next few days. And we're going to do something a little bit different for Life on the Vine. Uh, today, if you are listening to it today, and you may not be, but uh, today is Palm Sunday, and we are entering into Holy Week. And over the next few days, we will be putting out brief episodes daily, and our invitation is to use these as a little devotional as you make your way through Holy Week. So each episode should be, you never know, should be around 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah, don't 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 quote us on the time. <laughs> kind of like don't quote us on when we're going to have our next episode. <laughs> exactly right. Uh but we'll have some scripture. We'll have some uh, some music by the by Mr. Baird. We'll have some questions for reflection and and just an, an invitation as we walk through this week. And and of course, if you don't get to this this week, if you didn't hear about it till after the fact, uh, hopefully these will be meaningful at any time and in any any setting. But uh, we're gonna be making our way through the Gospel of John. If you're part of the the church or if you've been watching online, you know we've been walking through John and the I am statements of Jesus during the Sunday service, and we're going to continue with the Gospel of John and just have a chunk of Scripture each each day. So we're we're excited. I'm excited. Yeah. You excited, I'm excited. Eric? Excellent. I'm very excited. Very excited. Well, with that, let's, uh, let's jump into our first reflection. So walk while you Lest darkness overtake you While you have the light Believe in the light That you might become sons and daughters and Truly, truly I tell you Unless the grain falls to the ground It remains alone purpose I have come to this very hour. My Father be glorified. So walk while you have the light. Lest darkness overtake you. While you have the light and believe in the light that you might become sons and daughters. Walk while you have the light. Let's talk. 
of the light Believe in the light That you might become Sons and daughters Or that you might become Sons and daughters Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. No, it was for this very reason I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that was there and heard it said it had thundered. Others said an angel had spoken to him. Jesus said, This voice was for your benefit, not mine. Now is the time for judgment on this world. Now the prince of this world will be driven out, and I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The crowd spoke up. We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is this Son of Man? Then Jesus told them, You are going to have the light just a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, before darkness overtakes you. Whoever walks in the dark does not know where they are going. Believe in the light while you have the light, so that you may become children of the light. When he had finished speaking, Jesus left and hid himself from them. As Jesus addresses the crowds who are gathered, he confesses that his soul is troubled and yet also recognizes that he has a larger purpose, a purpose that the Father might be glorified through him. As you think about your own life and as you think about some of the challenges, as you think about times when you feel that your soul is troubled, How might you be called to glorify God even in those moments? verse 35, Jesus says that the light is among you for a little while longer and invites those gathered to walk while they have the light. This theme of light runs throughout the Gospel of John from the very first verses. Jesus is the light that comes into the darkness. As you consider your own life, how has Jesus 
been light in your darkness? And where do you need Jesus to shine light into the darkness right now? Jesus also invites those gathered to believe in the light. Where is belief hard for you? And how might Christ be calling you to believe during this season? Jesus says that if we believe in the light, we may become children of the light. God desires to draw us into his family. God desires to make us his children. Sit with that image for a while. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for being willing to take up your cross for us and for our salvation. Thank you for your obedience to the Father. Thank you for being the light in our darkness. And thank you for inviting us to be your children. By the power of your Spirit, may we walk in the light and believe in you the light that we might become brothers and sisters and children of our Heavenly Father. Amen himself from them. Whoa. <laughs> that uh that went to a whole nother level, Dan.
Yeah, it was a little, a little different than our normal normal vibe. Not bad though. Not yeah. bad. Not bad. Yeah. I not only contribute music, but I'm an avid listener, and that was very different, but very cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for the contribution. Yeah. So we thought that we might take a little bit of time to just process out loud with you guys and and share maybe a little bit of our own reflections from the questions that were put to us from the passage um, from from the uh, music as well. Um, first off, I want to say, Eric, like, that was awesome. Um, and it kind of gave me the, some chills when I was reading and I got to the end of that passage to, to read what you had put to music was, uh, that was pretty cool. Um, so, well done. Um but yeah, that, that first question you posed, Dan, um, just to kind of paraphrase it about uh, glorifying God in darkness and where can we, mm-hmm. maybe where are we walking in places that are difficult or hard that we would yeah. label as darkness and yeah. um, how can we glorify God in those areas? Um, did anyone, did anything come to mind to anyone just right offhand or? I think it's, I think about, you know, I, I asked the question, obviously yeah. it's, it's in some ways it's, it can be challenging to step into Jesus words because you know, he's talking about the cross or yeah. spoiler. He's talking, he's talking <laughs> about the cross and, and not just the, the, the physical pain that he goes through for us and separation from the father. And I mean, there's, there's so much to that, but I, but I do think there's an invitation, you know, I don't know. I think it's easy to feel like that's not my troubledness. Yeah. So mine doesn't count, right? And maybe that's just me, but but I think I think there are little things maybe in life, and my mind probably goes to kids. <laughs> we all chuckle. <laughs> we all have small I mean, children. Like, you know, we all love our kids, but yes. there there are some troubled waters that you know Edmund woke up every two hours last night because I think he's got some molars coming in and he's got a canker sore. Yeah. And not always something that I <laughs> want or naturally enter into with a attitude of God, I want to glorify you. And yeah. yet I think simplicity of discipline is like, what does it mean to glorify God at 2 a.m. when you're going to care for your son? Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's. Yeah. I, I kind of had, well, Eric, you got something? Hmm. I, I kind of had two things in mind. One, just kind of off of what you were saying, Dan. Um, sometimes when we approach this season of Lent and we're approaching the cross in particular at the, at the end through, through Holy week, we can really, our suffering looks so minuscule and stupid compared mm. to the suffering that our Lord went through. Yeah. Um, and, but I do think, you know, I've gotten some questions this Lenten season on why do you do that? How does that grow you closer to God? Mm. Um, which are, are great questions. I'm, I'm glad that they're asked, but like about fasting, about or fasting, or, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, practicing a Lenten fast, uh, even though that may seem very 
insignificant on giving up something that I enjoy or like, mm. which I gave up baked goods <laughs> uh, and sweet treats. No! I know. <laughs> but and that to compare that to the walk to the cross mm. is silly. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. But I think that any time that we can deny our flesh, it brings us more in step with the spirit mm-hmm. and that brings us closer to the cross mm-hmm. and that brings us closer to not what Jesus went through mm-hmm. but it just brings us closer to him yeah and it's okay to sit with our air quotes suffering and think you know it's really not that <laughs> yeah bad yeah <laughs> no i'm yeah. I know you guys, like, yeah, yeah. But, but I was thinking about just talking. Just, I mean, maybe part of part of it is the recognition that our suffering is not Christ's suffering, nor is it called to be. Nor, I mean, like Christ uniquely suffers, and that's kind of like the the point, right? The the cross is like this unique thing, um, and in some sense, as we become aware of our own suffering, both it in some sense gives us the sense of like God cares about this, but also how much greater was the sacrifice of Christ. Yeah. And I think on the flip side of that too, as silly as my suffering in a Lenten fast can be in compared to the cross, I think that it can be so identifying with people who are going through uh, real darkness and, and, yeah. and true um, mornings of the soul of, of, of times that are of deep hurt. And just in walking with, some people through some of those things in recent months, the hardest part is the anticipation yeah. is the, the unanswered questions of, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Yeah. I don't know what God is doing in this. And, and that's kind of where we see where Jesus is yeah. right now, I think in, in scripture. And so he identifies with that and he identifies with people who are walking through something um, similar to that. And, the other thing that I had was that in to glorify Jesus in the midst of darkness, for me right now, when I say darkness, it, again, it's not like super heavy darkness, or mm-hmm. but it, it's glorifying Jesus in things that are difficult. It actually looks like the spiritual practice of keeping my mouth shut. Mm. Like <laughs> that I don't always have to be right. Mm. I don't always have to... Um, have my theology come across as the like best thing or Mm. like correct somebody in this or technically no, or Mm. it's more just keep my mouth shut, be in relationship with other people, love. And I think that does glorify God. Yeah. Um, to, um, take myself and my want to be right out of the equation and to Mm. see the other person as Christ sees them, which is somebody that he died for. So the spiritual practice of keeping my mouth shut is how I, (laughs) what immediately came to mind when I heard that question. Might be considered a spiritual gift. (laughs) (laughs) The spiritual gift of not speaking. (laughs) Well, I think, you know, and I find, the prayer that Jesus doesn't pray, and John doesn't have a garden. It does have a garden scene, but it we don't have the prayer in the garden, like in the synoptics, which is interesting. But 
that what shall I say, Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come. And I, and I think, and I feel like it's often in the moment, but that, that desire of, Lord, save me from this hour. I mean, it's the prayer of the psalmist. I, I think it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's something that we are invited to feel and and, and pray from time to time. But I, I think the, again, the, the uniqueness of Christ in this position and then bringing in the synoptics, yet not my will, but yours be done. It's just like such the challenge of the of the Christian life, that tension of what we do want and what we do desire and what we don't want and, and yet recognizing and being open to God working through challenge and darkness and, and hard things and bringing us to hours that we don't want to be a part of and to not just say, Lord, save me from this, but what are you doing in this and how might you use this? And, and even just to have the faith that nothing is wasted. Um, and I think, you know, the cross is not obviously is not wasted. Right. (laughs) And if that's the way in which God works through the heinousness of sin and evil, then surely God can work through whatever it is that has come. But it's just a hard thing. It's hard to pray that Mm -hmm. or it's hard not to pray that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. or it's hard to pray that and then also add in I will be done so, so to move us so, along just kind of skip a couple of the questions and I, I just wonder what it was like for you guys to sit with the truth of being a child of the light and and what does that mean to you and what was it like sitting with that for a bit yeah being a dad of young children has definitely taken, uh, brought on a new perspective in that and such and that. So, um, I think about things of right relationship when things are great. Um, like this morning I went out to move the car. Uh, well, I got home from Bible study this morning and Joy comes running up to me, daddy, daddy, daddy. It was great. You know, it's one of those uh, high point moment type things. And then I went out to move the car so Laurel could back her car out. And then, Next thing I know, here comes joy again when I came back inside. Daddy, daddy, daddy. So great. <laughs> so it's like this uh, amazing thing. And when I think about being a child of the Father and, um, you know, uh, as a worship leader and such, I, I contemplate these kinds of things often. What should our what should our attitude be in coming to the Father? And I, I think that's what he looks for. Mm. Um, and um, when I, I think about the... Uh, is it the C.S. Lewis quote, you know, oh, no, it's G.K. Chesterton, that our creator is younger than we are. And yeah. uh, um, every day the sun comes up and every day he goes, that was so cool. Do it again. Yeah. I don't think he, Chesterton said cool, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, do it again. It's straight yeah. Chesterton. Yeah. But as dad, I can't get enough of joy coming up mm-hmm. to me. Daddy, daddy, and leaping into my arms. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the flip of that, of course, would be uh, like Saturday night when uh she didn't want to go to bed she didn't want to go to the potty she didn't want to do anything mm-hmm. <laughs> and it ended very very badly <laughs> as far as the day is concerned uh, and such and so our, our tendency to embrace the darker side of our soul uh is, is something but then that's where our heavenly father is heavenly because we're supposed mm-hmm. to take that to him also um and whereas that uh wrecks me as an earthly parent he is 
uh, is sufficient in that scenario to to handle all that stuff so we can get back to a place of daddy daddy mm-hmm. uh, I love that love that I think I've been struck more and more by both the prevalence and the power of the idea that God is our father. The idea that Christ comes to us, and this is sort of central to our theology as the son, and that God, the father, is known as the father. <laughs> and that's sort of the the primary designator that God decides to take and so if we're thinking like that it's so central to who God is that it in some sense defines the relationship between the father and the son between Christ and God, you know, we don't even have language in this triune mystery, but, and, and I think it's, I, I don't know. I, I find myself sitting more and more with that, with that mystery that, uh, this is then something that we are a part of that is like n- natural to who God is. And um, with all that comes with that of love and care and protection and um, looking out for and desiring the best for. And I think it's, I don't know, it's just kind of overwhelming to me. And I think I, I naturally am comfortable talking about God is holy and almighty and some of the more standoffish qualities of God, which are also true. But I think I'm more and more realizing that those things are all true in the context of God as father, that that God as father is not like maybe just one in a long list of things that define or help us understand who God is, but is more central to that than that. And, and anyways, that's just sort of a mind. It's a a thing that I'm still wrapping my mind around, but, um, I think it's kind of amazing. So, well, thanks for, um, listening, um, to our kind of processing through, through what, um, how we, reflected on 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 this passage and uh, on the questions and so we look forward to uh, doing it again with you guys tomorrow Um, feel free um, to um, use this devotion this um, exercise however it is that you want to if you want to hear what we have to say in our our kind of um, verbal processing of of what the reflection is for us then join along if you want to take the 10 minutes of, of the actual reflection and, and to uh, use that as a daily devotion and cut us off there, do that. Um, there's no, there's no strict (laughs) guideline of how this needs to be or not, but we, uh, trust that the Holy Spirit will be at work in and through this and in and through you. And that's our prayer as we, uh, walk together to the cross. So we'll see you tomorrow.